0: Hey, everybody, it's Maylee Thomas in time for another Texas Homegrown Music. And my guest today is Matt Hillier of 1100 Springs, who if you're a fan of the 1100 Springs, then you know that last week they had their final shows after 23 years. They're calling it quits for now, (laughs) because I'm sure at some point they'll get back together, give us another show just to bring us back to that wonderful place of their music and sound. But we have a great interview with him today, talking about some of the highlights in the last 23 years and where he's going forward, because Matt Hillier is certainly not done with playing and singing music. He's just way too talented to do that, and and we need him in our world, in our music world. So I'm going to get to that interview quickly, but before I do, you know, I got really nostalgic today and started thinking about people that we've lost this year, and one of them was an incredible keyboard player named Mike Finnegan who passed away on August 11th and he actually played on my first record so I'm going to play a tune with him and also uh, Clarence Clemens is playing on this song and it's a tune that Mike Finnegan brought to me that Etta James had recorded many years ago and by the way if you don't know who Mike Finnegan is he's played from Electric Ladyland with uh, with, of course Jimi Hendrix to a plethora of players from Bonnie Raitt to I mentioned already Etta James the discography is crazy. Peter Frampton, you just look it up. He was an incredible, incredible keyboard player. So this is a song that uh, he played on, and I just th- think about all the people that we've lost this year, and I just wanted to play this song for all of them, especially for fans of Mike Finnegan and Clarence Clemens. So every little bit hurts, and when I come back, I'll be with our friend Matt Hillier of 1100
1: Springs. Every little bit hurts. boy. They...
0: back with Texas Homegrown Music and my guest today is Matt Hillier from 1100 Springs. How you doing, Matt?
2: Doing good, doing good. It's good, it's good to talk to you again.
0: You too. Um, so I obviously want to talk to you about the fact that you've Um, said goodbye to to touring with 1100 Springs, but um, mainly I just want to talk to you about music and your journey and what all you've done in Dallas, Fort Worth area, and and all across Texas for um, the music scene. Matt, you are definitely an icon in this area, and I'm so proud to call you a friend and, and compadre in the music biz. I think it's been phenomenal what you've carved out
2: here. Well, thank you. And likewise. Um, yeah, know it's, it's a, it's a great place to make a living as a musician, especially if you've been playing country music, but it's, all, it's been really good, um, for me just because the, the Texas music, uh, family really is like a family and they've taken care of us through all kinds of ups and downs over the years. And, you know, we've gotten to know our fan base, uh, you know, a large portion of them by first name over, over the 23 years we've been doing it. So, um, it's, it's a really, really rewarding, humbling experience to, to feel that, you know, we just did those last two shows at the Granada and it was just, uh, it was overwhelming, overwhelming just to see everybody and to, and to be able to, uh, actually remember, um, you know, many, many times that we've, you hung out with these people. We know them by first name. It was just, it was, it was good stuff. Really good, good, good medicine.
0: Well, I noticed that in so many of your interviews, um, coming down to the wire of the shows that you were talking about how, um, you know, you, you, you had to keep it together because you knew it was going to be hard on you knowing that, you know, a lot of times in life we do things we don't realize it's the last time or we, you know, we'll, we'll do, experience something. We don't realize that we're not going to ever do that again. Of course, everything we do in that particular moment, we're never going to really have again. Yeah. But um, but as far as a band goes, because, I, mean, I mean, I'm a similar situation. You know, I've been playing the, the Dallas music scene since the late 80s with different bands, but with Maley Thomas band since '90 probably 91, 92, and, um, you know, a lot of different players here and there, but the basis of it was always um, based on um, our, you know, fans that come out and are so dedicated, and I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel. I do, I will tell you that I have thought about over and over again, what else it would there be for me if, you know, because Yours is 1100 Springs. So it's, you've got all the dynamic of a lot of different players, but Matt Hillier himself is, you know, you've got, you've had a solo career that's going to continue no matter what.
2: Yeah. But, yeah. No, I don't really have any other uh, employable skills. So, you know, I kind of painted myself into a corner here, which is fine. <laughs> it's really what, it's what I love to do. Um, Well,
0: don't, don't cut yourself short there. It is an employable skill. And I, even though I tried to say that we were non-essential, I can tell you music. It it
2: definitely is. Like, I mean, I, I, I always just joke about that, but, um, yeah i i'm already recording my next record um and i've been writing. i write in the last year i joined this writers group and you have to write a song every single week they give you a prompt and there's a handful of us there's about 10 people in the group and you have to submit your lyrics and your basic demo before wednesday at midnight um and it's, it's it's been a really great thing especially at the time that it came along with the pandemic happening and everything uh It really just kind of gave me something to focus on and knuckle down and do every single week. And now I have more unrecorded uh, original material in the song bag that I've ever had in my life. And and I really kind of just focused on uh, continuing that discipline just to, you know, we all talk about how we're songwriters and we are, but there are people out there. And even as I sit here and pat myself on the back about how I write a song every week, uh, there are people who write four songs a week, and that's what they do. They create. Uh, that would be a little bit daunting for me, but but it's been great, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And So I'm excited about the way the recording of the new stuff is coming out um, and just moving moving forward and releasing that record. Um, it I'll tell you, with this whole 1100 Springs thing, like – You were talking about um, sort of the emotional ramifications of what the last shows were representing in my mind leading up to them. Uh, I really kind of held it together, (laughs) you know, like there were a lot of people, uh, you know, even before the shows that were like, man – what are you going to do? Are you going to break down or what? What's 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 going on? Is this is this a big, this is a heavy situation. It's like, no, nah, I think I'm going to be all right. And and the, that, you know, I think the first, the very first two songs that we played on that first show, the Wednesday night show, that was as, as tough as it got because they have this big screen at the Granada and it was lowered. So, so when we go out and get tuned up and everything like that. The crowd can't see us and we can't see them. And and then when we cut into the music, it, it comes up and then you can see everybody and it's, it's awesome like that when they first lifted up the screen and I could see everybody. And these are not just, you know, random people to me. Most of them are people that I've known for the span of that 23 years and then started, wow. to, started, started to sing. Um, That was that was about as choked up as I think I got for both nights, mostly, though, it was just cool because, you know, you're able to sort of ease into it and go, man, I want to really enjoy this. You know, like I really want to just enjoy this moment and just have fun with it and really feel what it is and just, you know, for, for the joy of it, because that's it's a it's it's a fun thing to do. Um, Well,
0: you've been doing it for the joy of it since day one, haven't you?
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, you know, that was it was pretty overwhelming. And then I I, I don't know, just look. Leading up to each show, and then on the, the last one, on that Friday night show, people were like, dude, this is it, man. If you if you don't cry, then you don't have a heart. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, well, I guess I don't have a heart because I kept it together, you know? I don't know. Well, but yesterday, just, let me tell you, yesterday was tough because, and- you know, we I had – had, family in for the holidays when when the shows were happening and, and i had some friends in for the holidays when the shows were happening so and the you know thanksgiving and the getting them all out of the house and everything like that and for whatever reason uh yesterday was was harder sometime in the middle of the day yesterday kind of hit me to where i was just basically thought I got kind of bummed out. I got kind of bummed out just about the thought of just like, man, that represents a large chunk of my life, half of my life to be exact with 1100 Springs. And of course, if you count everything that Steve and I were doing before then, it's even, even more. Uh, and just to think that that chapter is kind of closed. Yeah, I don't know. That, that made me a little sad, but all in all, you know, no regrets, no, you know, it's it's. Uh, but how can the... you have a regret?
0: I mean, you kind of. I I, I read somewhere, um, and and maybe you can you know shed some light for people that are um, wanting to know exactly what caused you to make this decision. I happened to read another um, interview that kind of gave me an idea of where where you felt like you were not that your hand was forced, but you were you had to face something about replacing and going somewhere else. So tell me what really was the impetus that that caused you to make this decision?
2: Well, let me say, we, this is something that we have been taught, we've talked about for years. And I I think that most people who are in bands probably go through this sort of situation where you have to reevaluate what it is you're doing. And if you don't, then you're not thinking clearly as a musician, because it's a, you're constantly, constantly reevaluating the financial aspect of it. The fact of whether you want to continue to go out on the road, like you have to do to make it make sense, uh, whether or not, um, you know, I just, whether or not you want to continue with it. It's a, it's a, it's a hard life. It takes a lot of commitment uh to to do it and so we've gone back and forth about that for for years and kind of always decided to re-up make another record uh and continue on and continue to work um i guess after we released our last record uh here tis and then weren't able to work for a a solid year um I think it gave everybody some time to think, you know, Um, particularly me and Steve, because I I know that we I know that I think that I'm pretty sure that the rest of the band, if we if Steve and I were having conversations about, well, let's uh, let's put put the things back together and get back out and do it again, that they probably would be cool with that. Um, But I think that between he and I, that's that's where the relationship and where that's where it all started because he and I met when I was 16 and we started multiple other bands together before this and it all kind Mm -hmm. of from one band to the next it it was it was always me and him me writing the music and and doing the creative aspect of it and him um, handling a lot of the business and you know intermingling of those two things we you know we worked it together built it together so I think that he he wanted to do other things, and he wanted to have time to focus on his family and just yeah. uh, some some of his other interests. And we had long conversations about um, whether or not. Okay, well, do you know? Do I keep continuing on with somebody else? And I didn't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't. It wouldn't doesn't feel right. Wouldn't feel like the the right thing to do just because it's we started it together. I think we should finish it together. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a friendship that uh, is more like a marriage at times uh, than just just a friendship. It's just like. Well, uh,
0: sure. I'm, I'm sure everybody gets that, Matt. No. Yeah. So that that pretty much puts a, the nail in the coffin so they say but I don't yeah. I believe you guys are going to come out again at some point for um, a, a little
2: reunion something or other because um, I wouldn't be stay surprised and, yeah I wouldn't be surprised but um, yeah I mean that that's just kind of w- w- what happened and, and and then the other answer of it was you know and not to put it all, all in Steve's direction because uh, when thinking about okay well I mean, what do do I want to do? What do I actually want to do? And I've really just been having a lot of fun doing a lot of the singer-songwriter acoustic stuff. That's really, I've been, like, 1100 hasn't kept the same sort of tour schedule that we did at, you know, when we were working the hardest for years. Like, we, we keep regular dates on the books, and we're always booking stuff, but there's just plenty of spots in the last few years especially where i've had to like sort of um book gigs for myself and go and and do these acoustic deals and what i figured out is that i really kind of love doing that i really like it a lot it's just uh i like the connection that you can have with the audience it's it's more conversational at times yeah and it's uh you know the loadout is way easier. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, um,
0: I want to talk some more about that. And, and also, I want you to talk about some highlights through the years because I think people would love to hear that. But we're going to play um, See You in the Next Life. And um, I, I, you know, I listened to that a few times yesterday and, and, the, and this morning. And I think what makes people love you guys and love your um, songwriting and your song so much is because it's it's so about daily life and what you deal with all the time. And um, and I don't know what it is, but the line about the Barbara Streisand and how you just put it out there that, I, you know, you really like her and I don't. And that's that's got. That's a major separation here. I love that, and I I just love the fact that you're you get it when you when you play music, you really hit people where they live and what they're doing, and and I know that's why you guys have had you know the following that you have because people can relate to it every day, and so we're going to play. Well, I'll tell you all about
2: it after we play the song. All right. Uh, you thank, do you that. For, thank you for the compliment. And yeah. uh, we'll be back with Matt Hillier
0: of Eleven Hundred Springs talking about after 23 years they finally decided to hang it up, but uh, it's just for um, for new new things, new journeys, and, and new loves of music. I know you're going to go forward and do great things, but but I still want to talk about it today. So we'll be right back with um, yours truly, Mele Thomas on Texas homegrown music. After this song, see you in the next life. You asked
3: me if I wanted my jacket back You know it looks better on you I said what about your favourite shirt You said I could keep that too I said I'll see you next time But baby I don't know when I can't help but feel like crying It'll never be the same again You like Barbara Streisand don't like her at all. You like to laugh at people when they trip and fall. You don't like the way I drive. You're always trying to change my hair. I guess I didn't think I'd notice. I guess I didn't think I'd care. I could say we both saw it coming, but I really don't think we did. And I could talk about how when we first met, we were still just kids. I could tear all of my hair out trying to think of things to say when all I really want to know is how the hell did it end up this way? And maybe I laughed too much, but I knew it wasn't on a joke. And maybe you.
0: Springs. And um, I, I'm so glad I got to have you on j- fresh off of the shows at the Granada. And um, I'm, I'm sorry that I, I was planning on being there. In fact, I was talking with Crystal Yates about it. We were going to make it together. And of course, here I am in North Carolina taking care of a uh, little family emergency. But I, I was watching all the this, all this stuff that was going on. And oh, it looks like it was just a really poetic night, both of them.
2: It really was. It was a, just a very special, special, um, time. It's just, you just to see everybody and, uh, hang out. And I tried my best to hang out as long as people wanted to talk or, um, you know, reminisce or whatever, as long as it possibly, as long as I possibly could. So, um, but yeah, it was it was just a, a big outpouring, a big love fest. It was good good stuff.
0: And what a great venue to have it at, by the way, because um, you know the Granada. We've watched it go from. I mean, obviously, it's been a mainstay in Dallas for a lot of years. But I remember in the '90s when Greenville Avenue was just popping with live music venues. And of course, a lot of that has changed dramatically um, in the last 20 years. And we watched, um, deep Ellum go up and down. And I know, you know, just like me, you, you we played deep Ellum every single weekend in the, in the nineties and, and, and we watched it just be great. And then we watched it kind of slip back and then, you know, count, it's, it's kind of cool again, but, uh, you guys had, a, um, you were kind of like the house band more or less to me at adairs weren't you i mean you guys
2: were would- we had a yeah that's how we started me and and steve and richie vasquez uh we were all doing other stuff and um we just thought it'd be fun to play country songs and on monday nights and just for extra money it wasn't ever supposed to be anything for the first like two or three weeks we didn't even have a name um but uh and we would just sit back there in the stage that was in the back, in the corner, before they moved it up to the front. Um, but yeah, we did that for about two years. And Richie, Richie would come in and out of town because he was playing with Jesse Dayton at the time. And then we would have Bruce Alford kind of sit in for Richie. And then, you know, Bruce became the, the drummer full time. And it just felt good it just felt good and we were playing rock music in another band and it just so happened that it kind of that kind of fizzled out and 1100 springs kind of took over because it just it just felt too right it was just too much fun and um
0: well it was also a niche that hadn't been filled
2: in in the area I don't think I mean you know yeah especially I mean, there, in Deep Ellum. it was an interesting time uh, we kind of lucked up Lucked out with our, our timing as far as becoming a country band. Because, uh, you know, we had played rockabilly and honky tonk and stuff like that years before. Um, but we hadn't done it in a long time. And, and about the time that we started 1100 Springs was also the time where uh, Pat Green and Corey Morrow and uh, all of that sort of Texas music sort of thing that exploded. Which at the time I don't think we really understood what it was because it was just a different style than what we were doing. We were more traditional, but, right. but we were in the mix with all of those guys, and they were they they really loved us, and we had a great time playing with shows with them. Um, but I don't think anybody knew that it was going to sort of give birth to this huge scene that wound up happening because there wasn't, you know, there weren't radio stations that were reporting to any charts for our kind of music at all you had in dallas you had k-n-o-n and then of course by the grace of god k-h-y-i you know showed Mm -hmm. up and that they were like the first uh station to start playing our kind of music all day long and it was just it was such a mind blowing thing such a sort of revolutionary thing to us but then because of the 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 success of a lot of these guys, you know, there were, there's a whole network of radio stations that now to this day still play pretty much our kind of music. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been amazing. Like when I look back on stuff, as far as, um, the beginning that, uh, that kind of trips me out just thinking about the, that fact that we started right when all of that started, it was, right. it was, it was fortuitous for us for sure.
0: Well, um, you guys, you were going to tell me something about, uh, see you in the next life and I don't want to, I don't want it to, to forget.
2: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you were talking about that Barbra Streisand line and that song to me is, it's just such a trip to me that it's lasted as long as it has because I, it really was this sort of sad lament of a, a guy writing a song for his high school girlfriend. And, um, I just thought it was kind of corny and hokey and, but the band needed songs at the time. So I was like, well, I got this song right here and you know, it's a kind of a, it's a breakup song. It's kind of sappy. Um, and playing it for the guys for the first time was just, uh, I think (laughs) after after I played it, they were like, well, we need songs. (laughs) That's that's about how they looked at it. Um, But that, you know, it's true that I had this girl, I had this girlfriend in high school and we're still friends to this day. But um, her she liked Barbra Streisand, her mom loved barbara streisand and she kept trying to talk me into it's like oh, barbara streisand's amazing Her, she's got such a great voice and da 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 and i'm just like look you're never gonna convince me <laughs> I, it's not my thing i'm sure right. she's a great singer i'm right. sure she's great in movies uh whatever i it's not my deal i'm never gonna be like you know what you're right i really do like her but i think part part of that probably is just me being you know, you know, Here you are, <laughs> well, also just being, you know, if you ever have a, a girlfriend that's trying to convince you, the more they try to convince you, the more you're just like, no, no, not into it. <laughs> but yeah.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that I admire about you and you talked about um, cause I don't, it, even though I've written songs and George and I've written songs and I've co-written with um, a couple of other Songwriters. I don't really consider myself a songwriter because it's not something that I do all the time. It's like I'll have an idea and I'll say, oh, hey, let's do this or whatever. But, um, you know, for the discipline behind having to come up with a song every week, that's a lot of discipline in my world. That would be that would be daunting for me just because I, you know, I I have a lot of songs that have started and I never finished, you know, and thankfully because of the phone whereas used to, you have to carry around a little recorder. Um, I mean, I'm talking back way back when you had to push the, the, you know, cassette tape recorders and then yeah, you got little you handheld point. and I was like, right. Oh my gosh, I have a handheld recorder. I remember when George bought me the first recorder, you know, that I could, I could actually take around. Yeah. And, um, and of course now my phone is it's ridiculous how many songs I've sung into that phone that are just still in there, pieces of a thought. But yeah. I, I, I love the idea of the songwriters. And, and, you know, the first person that was telling me about that was, um, oh, my goodness, Buffalo Ruckus. Uh, uh, Jason Jason
2: was telling me that
0: he was involved in something like that with a bunch of writers and that, you know, he would would shed a couple of days before he, the, the deadline.
2: And yeah, he, I think the main discipline is just stay in, stay in the group uh, and don't be afraid to to write a song that's not good because you're going yeah. to. You know, you're going to you're going to write a bad song. Um, just stay in because it it, it's, it's, that's it. If you know that Tuesday and Wednesday are writing day and you have to come up with something to submit, then, uh, then you know, you're going to do it. And the the thing is, is it's not like I, I, I'll usually walk away after I hit send to the group. I usually walk away from it and go shrug my shoulders and just kind of go, well, okay, that's a song, I guess, you know? Because there's a lot of great songwriters in this group. You know, you, you're constantly judging yourself. You're your own worst critic, right? Um, and so what are you doing? Are you
0: guys all, um, are, are you know, are, are you pl- everybody critiquing each song and throwing back? You know, I went to a songwriter's uh, workshop a couple of times in Nashville, and um, it was tough because you submit all these songs ahead of time, and then you get there, and then they have these pages of critique. Yeah,
2: it's not like that. I mean, nobody, you you don't have to give feedback and you don't always get it. Um, but it's nice to go and listen to other people's stuff and just sort of give them the attaboy. Um, when you hear something cool that you like, that's, that's kind of half, that's one of the motivators for, you know, that you like when you're staying in this group is just like, okay, well, you know, I got some positive feedback from one of my peers and that feels good. Um, but the rules are basically that you cannot be a co-write. You have to come up with it by yourself. They give you like a two or three word prompt and you got to send the lyrics and some sort of recording of it to this email chain that's been going on. And if you don't get it in by midnight on Wednesday, then you're out. Um, You can pass one time, one time. uh, And and then that's it. Um, And how long have you been doing this? Over a year. Wow. So yeah, it's a lot. Oh, and through
0: throughout a time when uh, you know, for a lot of people, you still weren't doing any gigs. I mean, you
2: know, well, we, was, I mean, it was one of those things that that and sequestered songwriters were, you know, like two of the things that really just kind of kept my mind, you know. In the in the game, it's just like, OK, well, if nothing else, I know I on Tuesday I have to sit down and write a song. Uh, and I also or I have, you know, on mon you know, this Monday I have to play an Elton John song a Sequester Songwriter. So it's just the this, this stuff that kind of kept me busy and kind of open, you know, kept me learning, kept kept me working on new stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I think that, you you know, if you're in something like that, you just got to remind yourself that they're not all going to be winners. Like last week, with everything that I had going on with the Granada shows and everything, uh, last week, the prompt was was overboard. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, I don't know when or how I'm going to be able to come up with a song with everything that I have going on. I can't do it. So I just decided, I said, you know, I tell you what. I'm not going to try and wax fantastic and bare my soul this week. I'm just going to write, I'm going to write a song, and this is what I'm going to do. And I wrote a song that is the exact plot of the movie Overboard. <laughs> 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 so it took some of the weight off of my shoulders just not just thinking well at least I don't have to think about what's this song about I just have to figure out how to put it in words and add a melody to it Are you
0: talking about the the, the one with Goldie Hawn? oh yeah yeah oh, no yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's it's uh
2: it's it's a stupid song it's a I, but I mean I just decided it's like you know I need to stay in the group.
3: But I thought I, maybe
0: you were going to say we. Th- I'm throwing 23, I mean, eleven
2: springs overboard. Eleven this springs week. overboard. Yeah. Well, no, I, I couldn't. I I just took the weight off my shoulders and said, you know what? I'm not going. I'm not going to try and just really move heaven and earth this week. I'm just going to have some fun <laughs> with it. Stay in the group and come back hard at it next week. But that's that can be fun too. Like some of those oh, songs absolutely. that you think are dumb, like. There's nothing wrong with gigs that you think aren't going to be cool. I mean, I talk about this all the time. I, you know, build myself up
0: over the years for gigs that turn out being so to be so disappointing. And I'll be on my way to a gig thinking, oh, this is going to be so tough. And it ends up being, you know, really cool. So you just don't know. You just have to be open to.
2: That's 100 percent true. Yeah. I mean, you you, you really don't you know. You have no idea what's gonna be around the corner when we do stuff like this, so.
0: Well, we're gonna play another song, Um, This Morning Was Too Late. And um, I, you know, I don't know, your song titles are just, they just pretty much tell you what this, what everything's gonna be, right?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, you know, that is the idea. This is the song I came up with after, I never really had anybody too, well, I haven't had too many people ever ask me to pitch songs. Uh, but I was flattered that, you know, Wade uh, Bowen and Randy Rogers are about to go in and record that. Hold my beer and watch this um, uh, volume two. And Wade reached out and said, hey, man, we're about to go in the studio. If you have anything that you think might work for us, you know, send it my way. And I hadn't written the song yet. And I kind of just thought about it. And that's kind of where I, I, I thought it would something uh, that sort of mid tempo country song would would probably work. They didn't. They didn't wind up recording it, and I'm kind of glad that they didn't because I, I really do love the 1100 Springs version. Yeah, so. it's great. It's great.
0: Well, this morning was too late with 1100 Springs, and I'm talking, of course, with Matt Hillier, and um, he's. They've said goodbye this past week. They had a couple of shows at the Granada. And uh, I know that you talked about how you wish that you could have gotten back to Dan Silverleaf, because I know that was a big mainstay for you guys up in Denton as well. And when we come back, let's talk about some of those venues that you really um, loved and, you know, that that have really helped you guys throughout all these years. And, and just throw out some thanks to them as well. But we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. And again, my guest Matt Hillier and Eleven. 100 springs we're playing this morning was too late and we'll be right back
3: Sound you'll find hanging in the air when there's nothing left to say sitting at my kitchen table staring down my coffee cup alone Birds sing outside my window, but inside I know this bird is flown Wished I'd seen it in a eyes. I never saw it coming Thought I had one more chance To make it right But this morning It was too late This morning, it was too late
0: A little farewell uh, interview for the for the band, anyway. Certainly not you. Yeah. And um, I just want to give you an opportunity to say thanks to some of the people that have really helped you with this journey. And I know you can't go without mentioning the band members of whom you've had a few different ones here and there throughout the twenty three years, and also the yeah, venues been- that that have supported you all these years.
2: I could be wrong, but I think over the years, I think there's been six, sixteen people in the band. Um, uh, wow. and I'm grateful for, for all to have shared the stage with all of them. Even, you know, like, look, it, life is, is tricky and to be in a band is, is, is tough. And sometimes it goes, um, amicably and sometimes it doesn't, but I, I have nothing it's but like, love. like a marriage, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I got nothing but love for, for, you know, sharing the stage with somebody is a powerful, powerful thing. And being sort of in the trenches with somebody is is it's, it's you know, you don't, you can't um uh, you can't recreate that some other way. So I'm I, I have nothing but gratitude for every single person that's been in the band and shared the stage with us. Um, this particular lineup has been awesome and I will give a big shout out to uh Jordan Hendricks, uh Steve Berg, of course, um, uh Chad Roofer, Ray Austin and Christian Dorn. Uh, that's the current lineup. And we just been, you know, the last few years have been great making music with them and really everybody that we've shared the stage with the venues. Uh, there's so many of them that I, I really, there's just a handful that I really wish we had had more time to be able to play. Um, uh, Dan Silverleaf is always a real special place for us. All the way back when we first started playing out, um, they used to be ar- their dance bar used to be around the corner from where it is now. And uh, it, I don't know, there's just something about the vibe of whatever Dan was bringing to the table. It's just a super laid back, uh, easy room that that people who went there gravitated to. actual actually they went there because they actually wanted to hear the music right? and, and have right. a good time. And well, that's it not, was a listening room for sure. Right. And, and even, you know, even though we, we played loud and, and, and we're rocking and stuff, it still just was a different, different kind of crowd. And, uh, he, that has to be the energy that he brought to the room just because when they moved to the other location, it was the same sort of thing. And in Dan, I know I reached out to Dan when we were booking the last shows and just basically told him, I said, hey, I want you to hear this from me because, you know, we were not able to give you a show and it it kills us. And um, he's such a sweet guy. You know, he was so cool. Billy Bob's Texas also is not one of those places that uh, we really cut our teeth there early on when Texas music just started to become a thing that was viable. They were they started doing Texas music on Thursday nights, and I remember I was working a job at a warehouse, and I had a little apartment. And you know, you had those caller ID boxes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember that. I
2: uh, I got a call, and it, the caller ID box says Billy Bob's Texas, and I was like, well, I don't what is that all about? You know, they called me up and they said they wanted to book Eleven Hundred Springs as support for Roger Krager. and. And Roger was just getting started too, and all those shows took place on the honky tonk stage, the front stage, not on the main stage all on right. Thursday on Thursday nights. And uh, then after that, they started booking us as a house band on a regular basis, which was which was a leap for them because they nobody got those gigs but top forty bands, top forty cover bands, and so for them to book us where we were playing original music or the covers that we played were so uh, traditional and sort of out of date for, a, uh, I I mean, they might've been top 40 in 1963, but like, um, <laughs> but no time. Oh, I and, dig that though. The N- recent N- past, but they they kept us, they kept us book booked there all, for years. And we learned a lot from that. Just, just being able to do it. Um, play those long nights, and to keep people on the dance floor um and and they just treated us like family it was an open door policy and it still is uh if we ever want to come hang out or come see a show it's it's pretty much guaranteed that well that's a great pat
0: on the back matt not that you need it but um you know i mean, if. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, when you play like you have with some of the venues that you have at Dan Silverleaf, I mean, most of the people that artists that I really enjoy listening to, that's that's a stop for them. And that tells you that Dan knows how to choose good artists and people that, you know, are authentic and they're not just doing something because, um, somebody told him to, they're doing what's real in their soul and they're playing from their soul. And, um, you know, I, I, my friend Ian Moore, who's done all kinds of stuff and been from, you know, hot on the trail and from Austin and moved out out East still plays dance and I'll go see him as a solo, a solo gig there. And it's just so cool. And that's how you're going to be mad. And I love the fact that you're enjoying playing the solo stuff. Cause you know, it's so easy now for, um, venues cause we own a venue to gra- gravitate to someone that knows what it's like to keep an audience with the band, but can do it on their own solo with their
2: guitar. You know, I watched Todd Snyder years and years ago, like probably right about the time 1100 Springs was, was starting. And that guy is a master at that. I mean, he is really just a master at holding the crowd right in the palm of his hands. And, um, and his songs are great, but he's very entertaining, tells great stories. He's funny. And I watched him pack this house with just him and his guitar and get up there with no shoes on, which is weird, but, um, me anyway but uh, but uh but to get up there and do this great show and then I sat there and goes you know that seems like the gig right there you know i mean this this is just it's all his deal you know he's got he is in complete control of this situation and uh i don't know it's not easy to do but I'm, i i enjoy I enjoy trying to do it um you know I, I thought of another venue that I wanted to mention and give give a shout out to that's always been good to us is the double wide oh yeah um Kim Finch is, is uh just done a great job keeping that place going for one and just growing her business and her brand and we've known her since way before any of this started when we were all still teenagers really and uh she's just like family to us as well. And I, there's a long list of people at Luke and Buck are always great to us. Like, I mean, the continental club was great over the years, broken spoke. Um, there's just, there's a lot. I mean, I know I'm leaving out a, a whole bunch of places that, that have treated us, you know, just well, really well. All, everybody is sad it's a bittersweet thing here oh and you know what uh, big big love to khyi of course you know of like course. Uh, you, are, you already kind
0: of gave us a little kudos there yeah but
2: i mean it's i mean it, I, I can't be overstated because uh i mean the the support that we've gotten from from everybody there and the friendships that we've we've had over the last two decades it's just been and valuable and you know and even when steve and, and i were continue. doing our yeah and even when steve and i were doing our radio show on KHY, it was just a whole lot of fun and just i don't know it's good it's all good stuff so it's just a whole lot of well, so it's
0: all gonna continue and i'm just grateful that you were able to take the time to come on the show today and just talk about some of the things that uh, that meant so much to you and all the years 23 years of 1100 springs and it's come to an an end, but they're still gonna be playing music and Matt Hillier. So um you you've got gigs coming up and so people find you at your website, Matt Hillier.
2: Yeah, Matt com, which is kinda of new. So it, it's it works. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it functions, but I, I still need to do some stuff to it. Brush it so, up a little bit yeah, now I do, that that's yeah. where people are gonna go. Right, exactly. Well thank
0: you so much, Matt. I really appreciate you and um of course I I I've known about you for a lot of years and I've gotten to know you better in the last few. And I'm really grateful for that. And I hope that, uh, I hope I get to see a lot more of you now and uh, get you to the sanctuary as well. So
2: I would love that. And I, I, I the, the feelings are mutual. So thank you for well, having on, thank having you me so on. Much. And thanks and we'll to everybody for the, all the support over the years. You got it. A
0: lot. We're going to play race, hell, drink beer, and we'll be back on Texas homegrown music in just a minute.
2: Matt Hillier from 1100 Springs, and I want to let you know that you are listening to Texas
3: homegrown music with Maylee Thomas.
0: a song called shine by one of my favorite bands that are no longer together <laughs> called bishop gun and uh if you guys like that then check out their new record that they dropped in july even after they'd already broken up um they broke up in i believe it was january the end of january of 2020 and i had just seen them open for blackberry smoke down in florida we flew down for that show and Though I could tell there was something not right, and I'll just be honest, we all left there going, "I don't know." There seemed like there's, and when I go to a concert, just because I'm in a band, I'm always paying attention to what's going on on stage. I saw some stuff going on. I I knew there was some things in the works, but uh, shortly after that, they called it quits. But they'd already recorded this record, and they dropped it in July, so if you guys like their music, go back and check it out. But this song is one of my favorites, and that was called Shine, Bishop Gunn, that's spelled Bishop, B-I-S-H-O-P, Gunn, G-U-N-N. Well, that's the close of another show, and I really appreciated Matt coming in and doing this uh, fresh off of their closing shows at the Granada, sold-out shows, by the way, and I hear that... It was very emotional, and I'm sorry that I couldn't be there. I was out of town, but i got to tell you, I'm going to be around Matt for a while. He's just a good guy, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more music out of him because he's just so talented. So you guys check out Matt Hillier. He's got a solo career, and he's going to be playing a lot of gigs in the future. And I know you guys are going to want to check it out. So that's it for the show today. Uh, Peace out, everybody. Love life. You get out of it what you put into it. And I'm going to close the show with a song from Willie and his sons called Come On Back, Jesus. And I don't think it needs any introduction. I think it pretty much says what I believe. I'd love to have him come back and shake things up around here in our world. But I'm a positive person, and I believe in the good. So remember to be kind, humankind. We are the humankind. See you soon. Maylee Thomas with Texas Homegrown Music.
3: Crazy and it seems to get worse every day. So come on back, Jesus, I pick up John Wayne. Seems to get worse every day. So come on back, Jesus, and pick up John Wayne home.